Hello, and welcome back to the John Burt Leadership Podcast. I'm here with my guest, the world's top leadership coach, John Matone. Welcome, John. Great to be here, JB. Thank you. Now, John, we've been talking uh, in these last couple of segments about the intelligent leader and your 12 principles, or call them tenets, uh, around this fantastic philosophy. And, and this is our final segment. So, but I mean, such some, some really powerful ideas that we're going to talk about here in in the tenant 11 and 12. So John, the, the tenant 11 um, talks about leadership, talent, and culture are the true leading indicators that determine sustained operational success in any organization, right? So I always think about this as like the, the critical three, three legs of the stool, right? We have leadership, talent, and culture. Right, give, give us your thoughts on this, on this tenant. So, this is an interesting tenant that's actually JB founded in quite a bit of research out there. Um, there have been numerous studies uh, that have been conducted by some very, very good consultancies. You're certainly aware of, you know, the McKinsey's and, you know, the BCG's out there and, and so on and so forth. And all of these studies, um, talk about an algorithm that uh, is pretty tough to dispute, you know, and, uh, and, and it points to, you know, uh, leadership being a big predictor. You know, if you've got, if you've got stronger leadership in an organization, that's a, it's a good thing, right? It's an engine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you bring in the right talent and you cultivate that talent and you reward the talent, you retain the best talent, so on and so forth, uh, and you provide opportunities for them to become the best that they can be. That's a, that's a predictor, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, culture, where does culture come from? Well, culture comes from leadership, you know, it comes from legacy, uh, but it, it certainly comes from leadership and it also comes from culture uh, and values and vision, so on and so forth. So you put it all in a, a blender, you know, <laughs> and you end up with um, ultimately if you get these three things right, even with, um, you know, uh, it, it's very interesting. Um, you know, it, and we said this in an earlier episode, a lot, a lot of the CEOs out there got it all wrong. You know, honestly, they really do. They think, hey, you know, product, service, market, you know, and uh, and and if we have the right technology, right? We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit home runs here. But if you don't have the right leaders, you don't have the right talent, and you don't have the right culture, you're, you're not going to be able to sustain. So yeah. that, that's my point on that. Well, if, if, you know, there's just been a couple of studies you mentioned recently that I'd like to point out. Right, that you know we have forty percent of the workforce out there is out looking for another job, potentially exactly. moving to another job. So there's a big uh, churn in the talent pool that's out there. But then culture, right? As the other leg of the stool, it, one of the other legs of the, the tri or the corners of the triangle, is is ten times more likely 
to cause an employee to stay or go. So if you have a toxic culture, you know, right. uh, it's 10 times more likely right. um, to push somebody uh, to go to a, another job than say compensation or pay, which I think most people all think that, that, oh, if I got more money, I'm going to go somewhere else. That's, that's, that's not, that's not been the case. So, you know, the old, I think of the old Peter Drucker for the classic sure. manage, management aficionados here in the, in the, in the listener base, <laughs> right? Peter Drucker, you know, he yeah. once said that culture eats strategy for breakfast. This yeah. idea that, you know, you can have this beautiful strategy, but if you don't have the right cultural mix and leaders and talent within your organization, that strategy will, will fail True. abysmally, right? So uh, yeah, I, I totally, I agree with you that leaders are the ones that, will have to take that action. They, they have to initiate they do. the actions that will develop that culture and to nurture that talent. So the leadership element is important, maybe the most one of the most important yep. elements, but they're all, you know, you got the golden triangle. So culture, the culture of an organization is important. The talent and and their well-being and their motivation and inspiration is, is important. And, and, you know, you talk about the, um, uh, you know, nurturing talent, but also, you know, you, you, you need... Um, to be able to, you know, work through that and and uh, I guess uh, nurture that talent differently depending on where that talent is in 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 the organization and and how they're contributing. So JB, the uh, <clears throat> perhaps one of the greatest visionaries in the world of business understood this algorithm even before really the the research happened, and that was the late Steve Jobs. In 1997, mm. in this incredible Cupertino speech, when he came back, you know the 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 Think Different uh, speech where they unveiled the Think Different campaign at Apple. We're going back what 25 years ago, JB, right? Mm -hmm. And he mm -hmm. actually stood up on stage and talked about exactly what we're talking about. He said, "You know, our success at Apple has nothing to do with the computer." Mm -hmm. And people were in shock. What is he talking about? Is this the same Steve Jobs that we knew back when? He knew exactly what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. He did say uh, that day that, listen, if we're going to be successful at Apple long term, we've got to develop leaders. We've got to attract the right talent. And we have to create a culture that sustains the operating success. JB, you know, the thing that's really interesting, you know this, right? You can't go copy what Disney does. There's so many companies out there, right? And they say, hey, let's go do what this company does. It, it's fine to educate yourself, but the culture is just like a fingerprint that's unique. And the culture that works in your, just like a family, the culture in your family different than culture in my family. Your culture mm -hmm. could be beautiful. My culture could be beautiful, right? It's unique, though. So, and, and we talk about this, JB, in our IL work, right? The culture that you need to install, polish, create has got to be, it's got to fit your business and it's got to fit your operating imperative, you know? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I mean, you, oh, yeah. you know this, you know, say, this is critical. This is yeah. critical for our listeners to understand this. I've seen that a lot with uh, organizations that wind up bringing leaders in from the outside, maybe the CEO or other executives that they bring in from the outside, is that if you don't have a strong idea of what your culture is or what you're trying to create within that company, 
Exactly. Those those outside leaders, they will bring their own and they'll try to install that. So your, your comment about, you know, just bringing over what's happening at Disney or, or IBM or whatever, um, it, 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 it has to be something that's or, organic, right, within that organization. And if you don't have a strong one, um, you know, then, then the, the results will speak for themselves. But Very well the, said. I yeah, agree. The, the, those, those leaders, and then it becomes a little bit of a free-for-all. Everybody wants to bring in what they think is the right, the right culture. Um, I'm fascinated by this idea, John, about the leading indicators, right? As, mm-hmm. as a leading, indi- I'm, a, you know, from my background, right? Economics. I think about like, how do you predict and what's the, the leading indicator? So just the strength of the culture, how is that, how healthy and vibrant is that culture within an organization? That, that is something that many leaders, I think, if they, if they are aware of it, right, they probably aren't doing a whole lot about it from what I can see. And very few of them are. And then there may be others that are just maybe afraid to look, right? You know, go back and scratch the surface. Like, what, what, what is our cult? How healthy is our culture, really? Right. Well, listen. You know, uh, what there, the, 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 there, there could not be a better time right now for the listeners, JB, to ask these really important questions coming out of a pandemic, virtual world, right? We're starting to get back into the physical. Uh, organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, Deloitte did a research study a couple of years ago, and Deloitte's an amazing firm, absolutely mm-hmm. amazing, mm-hmm. where they they actually uh, discovered, to your point earlier, that really most leaders have no idea what their culture is, you, mm-hmm. you know, and if it's good, bad, or indifferent, or whatever. And therein lies, I think, what you know, maybe a call to action for our listeners is, um, listen, um, now's the time to measure your culture. You've Mm -hmm. got to find out what's working, what's not. And uh, related to that, what levers in, in principle, JB, right? The senior executive team need to start pushing to move the needle with respect to culture. Yeah, intentionally, right? Intentionally. intentionally. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you 100%. Um, mm-hmm. Now, related to this is most companies don't measure culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and it's, it's surprising. It, it is really, well, you know, I, I think that one of the measures that a lot of companies consider their measurement of culture, which is, I, I think is, a misplaced idea, right? Is that we have an employee satisfaction survey. There you go. Right. And, and, you know, I got to tell you, I've worked at, I worked at an organization. I worked for other organizations where I had insights in terms of what that the employee satisfaction was. Yeah. And it was pretty low, oh, yeah. pretty low. It was, you know, I, I won't give you the number, but, but it was so low that, you know, they, the, there was a lot of discussion as to, are we, what are we going to do about that? But it was very tactical, right? But but one of the things that companies don't do a lot yeah. is is measuring the engagement score. There you go, right? If you can measure that engagement, because you know the culture is going to happen uh, for most leaders, right? 
culture is going to happen whether you work on it or not, right? right. And, and it's the leaders are probably going to, and the leaders are going to have the biggest influence. Right? We talked yes. about that. The biggest leaders have the biggest influence, and and so those leaders, if there's not a plan, if there's not a particular strategy, if nobody uh, understands where they're where, where they're coming from and where they're going to, it'll happen. And the leaders, it's going to be un, unknowingly they're going to be they're going to be implementing a culture. Um, that will result in some of those people leaving. I mean, I think that there's a lot of lot to be said that the that the pandemic has has scratched away the oh, veneer, yeah. and oh, yeah. and and what you what you what we're seeing is all of those companies that didn't work on their culture, they're now paying the price big time. I'm with you 100, 100. So, so John, when we dig in a little bit more to this idea of culture, the the 12th principle, 12th and final principle that we that uh, you outlined for intelligent leadership. Is that the um, that mindsets at right? the individual and collective can do, will do, and must do beliefs absolutely determine the individual and collective sustain, sustained success? That's pretty powerful, right? You know what you think drives you know what what you feel and how you behave, and and, and as an individual leader, right? It, it it's 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 all true for the individuals, but it's also true for the organization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, JB. There's no question about this. And um, so just kind of think about, you know, that uh, and we know this with an IL that, you know, um, and, and it's related, you know, to, to the to the work that I did personally back in 2015, 16, when, when the book came out. Um, sort of discovered this five cultures of culture. And mm -hmm. the first three are pivotal. Why? To your point, the first three reflect mindset, attitude, belief. Those are inner core elements, individually mm -hmm. and collectively. And we know, right, that you can't execute individually or collectively unless the mindset and the inner core stuff's working. So for our listeners, the can do, what's that can do uh, culture. It is a belief that people have that they have the skills and the capabilities to execute their roles mm -hmm. at a high level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and JB, you already know, right? I mean, there's a big difference between thinking that you can execute and truly believing it in the depths of your soul. Well, the greatest leaders and the greatest companies out there and the greatest families create in partnership with the role player, right? A deep belief that they they can execute what needs to be executed. And oh, by the way, we're going to give you the tools and the resources that you need to execute, right? So that's a bucket. That's a leading indicator back to our economic analogy, right? And if you polish that and you've got that engine operating, that's a really, really good thing. Yeah, right. very important one. Makes yeah. sense, right? Mm -hmm. There's a culture of will, do, or passion. This is a function of making sure that you bring people uh, and we talked about this in an earlier episode, you know, passion. You got to make sure you bring in the right people who have goosebumps and they create goosebumps in others authentically, right? So passion, getting the right people in the door. Um, and, and what's interesting is, uh, and you know this from your work, you know, passion is not fake. It's got to come authentically. People are going to be motivated if they, if they really believe that. It, so it can be fueled from the can-do right? Part of mm -hmm. this, but mm -hmm. it can also be fueled from the alignment. So, so what's that third one? It's, it's, I, I must execute. 
Yeah, I must mm -hmm. execute in support of the vision of the organization and also in support of me achieving my ultimate vision for myself. And, yeah. you know, uh, the, those three represent thinking patterns, beliefs, emotions, all in our core. And it's unbelievable. If you think about like a basketball team, you know, that wins championships, the coach has created a culture of mm -hmm. can do, will do, and must do. Yeah. And yeah. those three, if you got them nailed, JB, mm -hmm. guess what? Players execute, and then they work together collaboratively. Those five cultures, if you nail them, will absolutely drive you to sustained operating success. It doesn't matter what business that you're in. Yeah, I, I think that the, the sports analogy, team analogy is a good one. You know, you can <clears throat> go out and you can get all the best players, right? Yep. You have the capability you have that can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But the the you know, whether or not those players come to practice, whether or not they uh, put the put the put the hours in to learn the plays and the formations and, and uh to 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 be in shape to be able to play, that's a that's a and, and are they committed to, you know, doing whatever they need to do to play for however many minutes the the, the sport is to, exactly. to make it happen. And then the interconnectedness that that says, you know, as a team. And I think it was Michael Jordan that once said that, yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> um, players win games and teams win championships. And I think it's just that idea that as a team, you have that interconnectedness so that that you're playing off of each other in such a way. And you you understand that you, you have some uh, common elements, some common purpose together that causes that that kind of commitment, that it, uh, interconnected, that connected tissue we talked about in a previous episode. Um, and then, you know, I love this idea that, you know, there's a, that accountability layer, right? Yes. It talks about the individual performance. You got it. Are, do, do you have the, the mechanisms in place? Do you hold people personally accountable for their performance and their, their, their doing the job? Um, and the team performance, does, is the team uh, then uh, held accountable for working together effectively with, with less friction or no friction you know, across Cultural, you know, we used to call them silos in an organization. You but is the, is the team is the team, um, you know, incentivized within an organization to work across those boundaries effectively, share resources, share ideas, so that the organization win, everybody wins, and not just one organization does well and the uh, and the other uh, part of the organization does poorly. You know, where does that leave the you know the CEO? <laughs> You're trying to trying to create this this collective collective good. You got it, JB. And, and, and listen, this is where, you know, the, you know, the work that we do with an IL uh, gets pretty granular, actually. You know, when you think about the work that we do with our clients and we provide the granularity around, hey, your can-do culture is kind of weak. Mm -hmm. Your will-do culture is kind of weak, right? Mm -hmm. And, and your must-do culture, the alignment culture is kind of weak. Mm -hmm. So therefore, when we look at your execution culture, the individual and the team, they're weak too. You know why they're weak? Because the can-do culture is weak, the will-do culture is weak, right, and so on and so forth. The other notion uh, too is in that collaborative team culture, having a policy around diversity and inclusion is so pivotal. Number one, and the ability to execute on that, JB. Right? You know that, right? So, you know, the listeners, we want them to think about. 
my goodness, this is multi, this is multi-complex here, you know? Mm -hmm. And really, honestly, if you're an organization, this is tough stuff uh, to navigate by yourself, um, you know? And so I guess what I'm saying is, you, back to vulnerability, JB, you don't have to do this stuff alone. Right, right. You don't. Well, I mean, help having uh, that outside perspective. I think this is really where, um, where the the coach's responsibilities is, is important, right? It does bring that outside perspective, yep. especially the type of coaching that that we do, John, yep. in terms of bringing bringing the experience um, from those years of, of of working with cultures, working with teams, and and how to how to uh, deploy that. Having seen that uh, over, you know, forty plus. Um, organizations in my my career no uh, these fortune 100 companies right you, you you know what works and you know what doesn't you can no bring question. that perspective to to an organization that may be uh, a little bit homogenous right they, they, exactly. they've been working together yep. and and then you know if i've mentioned before that you have people coming in from the outside that are each trying to bring their their different perspectives well i don't have a stake in it right i want to make sure the organization um uh, goes forward. So I, when I bring my my external perspective, it's not so that I'm positioned for that next promotion. I want to make sure that the organization is lifted up. Um, and and you know, well it's the, lar the larger the organization, right? These silos can be powerful. Right? Huge. And you have pow power. You have totally big agree. egos. And we we talked a little bit earlier about the duty mindset. I think if you're working on that, the duty mindset of the leaders, uh, at the same time you're working on this uh, this commitment uh, culture. Right. That, then I think the, the must do. I think that there's a lot of connected aspects of what we're talking about, uh, uh, John. So as, as a as a coach, um, I think that we bring that um, that that objectivity. We bring an outside perspective. We bring the tools and some some methodologies to help you suss out how healthy your culture is and where it's kind of hitting on all of those five cultures of culture. No question. Pretty powerful, pretty powerful. JP, you know, the other thing, I know we're coming to an end here, but, you know, the, the, the this notion of, um, you know, um, there's an iceberg. Just kind of, kind of, you know, we want our listeners to kind of visualize an iceberg. And, you know, at the tip of the iceberg, let's call it engagement, mm -hmm. right? Well, lurking below the surface of the water is your culture. Mm -hmm. And what's really fascinating, and you understand this, you can actually show positive engagement scores in an organization and then immediately conclude that we're good. But lurking very, very deep are the macro issues related to can do, will do, and must do that mm -hmm. we've got to, you know, I just want the listeners to think about this, right? We do. That... Mm -hmm. You've got to you've got to measure this stuff because once this stuff is surfaced, and what we do is we work in partnership with that C level team, and it's fun. It's not this is not laborious stuff. This is fun stuff. That in partnership with our clients, we can help them start to move the needle in a positive way, and uh, it it's very rewarding. So I just wanted to share that, that, that iceberg, I, I always think about that iceberg because the, the engagement scores tend to be episodic, you mm -hmm. know, snapshot in time. Um, and, and we really honestly got to dig a little bit deeper into some of those macro issues, which is called culture. 
Yeah, two two. It 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 only measures a very small sliver of what they what they really should be measuring to to see if there's there is a healthy and vibrant vibrant culture within these companies. I, I do I do just want to one last plea I think with the with the listeners out there is that you know the, the, your your employees are are begging for this right. <laughs> And, and and they're going to soon vote with their you know Absolutely. with their feet right and 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 maybe move, um, and I think that uh, we talked a little bit earlier about this great recall. I just I do believe that um, leaders have this tremendous responsibility to their to their organizations and their teams to take a look at this culture, um, that to understand where they are and and to map out a plan to to improve the culture, not just for themselves, but for their people and for, for the organization, the legacy of their organizations. So, so John, um, again, this is concludes, this brings us to an end of our, our podcast series around intelligent leadership. There's so much more to talk about with intelligent leadership, and I, but I'm so um, pleased and grateful for the time that we've been Thank able to you. share with you, um, you, talking to the master, the father of intelligent leadership. Um, you know, there's just so much more that we can be doing um, in the world, improving leaders, uh, helping talent really excel and get excited and passionate about the work and, and improving those cultures. Um, you know, I, I just encourage any leader that's out there to, um, you know, give us a call, pick up a book, read more about intelligent leadership. You will get excited about it. You will want to um, bring some of this good stuff into your organizations and 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 propel you forward. So thank you, John. Um, appreciate your friendship. You, appreciate, appreciate your uh, collaboration on this effort. So uh, and to all you leaders out there until next time. Thank you all so much. Leaders, that wraps up our final segment with John Matone, the world's top leadership coach. We've been talking about intelligent leadership. John has created intelligent leadership, and he's defined 12 principles of intelligent leadership. And that's what this podcast, these this, these uh, episodes have all been about. Um, so if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please go back and, and have a listen. Every one of them has some nuggets and, and some really valuable and powerful uh, ideas and thoughts about leadership and how you can grow your leadership. So this one that we just wrapped up was session 11 and 12. Um, Principle 11 talks about leadership, talent, and culture being true indicators of your uh, organization's operating success. And 12, about mindsets and having a can-do, will-do, and must-do belief within your organization, powering it to success. This has just been a fantastic opportunity to listen and uh, to have a discussion with John Matone. I'm so grateful for John and everything that he's doing around intelligent leadership. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about this, you can visit my website at johnbert.intelligentleadershipec.com or send me an email at jbert at intelligentleadershipec.com. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Intelligent leadership is so powerful as a philosophy and as a process, and I'd like to be able to help you and your organization to grow your leadership and improve your culture. So until next time.